What's up, Facebook tribe? We are live in the UMS Movement Mastermind for your daily dose of morning motivation. Today, we're talking about the strengthening community and why it's important in a time like this. We're also doing a uh, continuation of the extreme ownership concept, and we're going to give some shout outs for people that we've seen taking action on this. And we're doing a live Q&A. We're going to answer some really, really good questions from our uh, UMS online uh, coaching tribe. All that and more coming up in just a sec. Hey everyone, in case we haven't met, my name is Rad, that's my brother Yanni, we're the co-founders of Unity Gym and the co-creators of the UMS, the Unify Movement System, where we turn driven people into superhumans. If you're new and you don't know how we do that, or you're wondering what I'm talking about, basically we've created a program that has a balance between strength and flexibility. It's quite unique and it delivers superhuman results. If you want to know how we do it and uh, you're not already in our ecosystem, you can download one of the free blueprints, the Flexibility, Strength or Nutrition Blueprint. Now today, among many other things, we're going to be going a little bit deeper into our 30-day UMS challenge because tomorrow marks the first day of the second week. We are through this challenge out last Tuesday. Um, so for those of you that have been participating, uh, hopefully you've been meditating daily. I know that I have using the Sam Harris Waking Up app. For those of you that haven't, what are you doing? There's never been a better time to learn how to meditate. We're all stuck at home anyway. You've got to do something with those thoughts. But today we're going to be talking about adding in some uh, reading into the day. Absolutely. And it's exciting because uh, it's something that's really changed my life. Yeah, absolutely. You, know? uh, yeah. We, you and me both went from being the typical, I mean, you were, you were probably worse than me. You had the biggest roadblocks up against reading. You, I remember you used to say, you used to just, when anyone ever said to you, you should read this book, you used to say, I can't read, I can't read. I get through like one or two pages and I just can't read. And it just goes out one ear, in one ear and, you know, or in my eyes and out my ears, you know? And, uh, and I remember seeing people's faces when you used to say that and they used to just go, oh yeah, whatever. But I was the same. I used to just say, I can't read, you know, I'd go through three pages and then I, realized that I was thinking about something else and I've got to go back and read it again. And uh, one day we decided to pay somebody a lot of money that knew a lot more than us. And when you're paying someone for their advice and they give it to you, you well, you tend to listen, don't they? And they yeah. basically just looked at us and said, you're either going to do it or you're not. Make a decision. Either, uh, either level up and... One, you know. of, one of the things is that um, uh, through adversity and challenge comes opportunity. And it was one of our worst periods where at that point in, in our time we'd been um, we'd been knocked basically knocked down and we were almost out with financial um, hardship in the business and it was kind of like sink or swim you know it was either we level up and become the business owners that we needed to be or we sh wind it up and go back and get jobs somewhere else you know and that was the literally the 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 I like we got to a point where there was just so so much we, we we didn't know, and it became abundantly clear. It was desperation. Yeah, that's it was exactly desperation. right. Yeah. And I don't, and I, you know, there's certain words out there that people have a negative, um, they have a negative connotation to it. Like when you say it, people think, oh, that's a really negative word. And two words that I'm really proud to say that I either am or have been is um, obsessed and desperate. Yeah. And those are two words that a lot of people, people always, oh, he's, he's an obsessive person, he's really bad. And I think, you know, Fuck you. Mm. That's exactly what we need if you want to get good at something. Like, there's nobody that's really, really good at what they do that what isn't obsessed with yeah. what they do. Uh, and desperation, if you act on it and you use it to fuel you, can be a very powerful place to come from. 
You know? Absolutely. Well, it's the it, look. This is the thing. Challenge breeds um, um, opportunity. You yeah. know, and mm. the obstacle is the way. Um, I want to really. I want to frame this because I think this is the the most important thing um, uh, that people get out of today's show uh, on a macro level is that we all have stories. We all have reasons why we do and don't do things. And my story around reading was that I was an artist and I used to say to myself and everyone else that I'm a visual person. I get more from visual stimulation. Uh, so I much prefer to watch movies, to watch television, to, um, you know, like even reading a comic book I found difficult, you know, like literally. And I used to paint and draw comics and things like that. And my ambition at a young age was to become a famous comic artist or something like that, you know, and and uh, uh, I, yeah, I, I just created this story over years and years and years of reinforcing the same thing to myself, which was that I couldn't read books because I was a visual person mm. and I needed visual stimulation to keep me uh, entertained. And um, yeah, it wasn't until I was 30 years old, I read my first book at 30 years old, so I'm 40 now. Uh, I've only been reading books for 10 years. Um, mm. I tried to read a few books before I was 30, but I was about, I reckon, about 30 years old. And yeah, I, I ended up, um, it was in 2015, uh, which was only five years ago, right? So yeah. where are we now? 2020. Yeah, it was 2015 that I worked with this um, uh, this guy, uh, Kerwin Ray. I'll give him a shout out. Um, uh, and um, was part of his um, K2 coaching group. And yeah, he just really called me out on my shit. And um, and uh, you know, Rad and I were it was it was desperate times. We'd been hit with a a, a huge. Well, we've had a couple of good coaches. We should also give a shout out to Sean Greeley because yeah, Sean Sean was is definitely somebody that called us out on our shit a lot as well yeah. and and got us to that next level. Yeah, absolutely. Um, so yeah, uh, we look. We worked with Sean for um, uh, six years, years yep. I think. Yep. Um, I and think it was five. Yeah, five years, and and Kerwin for a year, and. Uh, and look, um, I've had lots of mentors and business coaches, um, but these two guys had a lasting impact on us. And um, They were the ones we worked the closest with. Yeah, that's right. They were the yeah. ones that we chose to spend our money with, and they were the ones that had... Um, that we really, you know, they, they slapped us into line and got us to, you know, yeah. level up. And that was the reality. The reality hit that our business was failing uh, five years ago because we weren't good enough. Mm. You know, we thought we, we were king shit ownership. and we thought that we were, we knew everything uh, that we needed to know, but we were good personal trainers. We mm. were woeful business operators and leaders and, uh, and we were failing miserably and, and um, it came time to learn what we didn't know uh, to take us out of that rut that we were in. And it was bad, man. You know, I'm talking uh, getting uh, being broke, living dollar to dollar. The business was hemorrhaging about $10,000 a month. We were losing uh, about $10,000 a month. We couldn't pay our taxes and we got into trouble. And then in the midst of all of that, uh, with cash flow issues, we the, the ATO decided to hit us with a $300,000 tax bill for unpaid taxes for stuff that had happened years and years ago uh, with um, contractors that I had working for me. And uh, it it just, it just, it was, it was like we were against the ropes, and then we got a a, a king hit to the jaw, and we were knocked out. Yeah. And uh, and at that point, um, uh, I remember it really clearly. I I reached out to Kerwin, and um, he was actually 
traveling. He was on a flight or he was just about to board a flight uh, from, I think, Brisbane to Sydney or something like that. And he said, yeah, look, I've got, I, I, you know, um, help me out. And he, uh, I can talk. And um, yeah, he just, just basically strategized a, a whole strategy from the time that he was checking his luggage into getting on a flight. And uh, that's the kind of guy he is. He's, he's just incredible. And um, he got me a meeting with a better accountant and, and got me in with a much better team. And and uh, surprisingly, is, an, is the same accounting firm that Sean uses when he's out here in Australia. And um, uh, yeah, we just leveled up We le- from that point on. And, and from that point on, we got called out on our shit and we started... The big, the big, big, big difference was we, we identified that we just didn't know enough and we started reading books. And it was like, from that point on, every single book that I read, every chapter of a book that I read, every book was recommended by one of these two guys. Mm. And uh, I didn't go out looking for books. I didn't ask people. I, I only asked the two people I trusted the most. And that's mm. something really important because there's a, lot of, there's a lot of books out there, you know. Yeah. But what you need to do is align yourself with people that you truly trust that understand where you're at in your life and then um, follow the direction well that's really really important and I, I know I don't want you to skip over that because I think where a lot of people go wrong is they ask people for advice that have never done what they're trying to do yeah so if you're asking for financial advice you don't ask a broke person you know? yeah if you're asking for fitness advice you don't ask somebody that's overweight yeah so you have to be very very clear um, careful on looking at, on on which books you you know, read based on looking at the results that the person that you're speaking to has achieved. So yeah, that's a really important thing. And that's a funny. I'm sorry, just on that. You know, um, I met a guy called T. Harv Eker who's uh, published a book called <coughs> The Secrets of the Millionaire Mind that I loved. Great book. Great book that I we, think I've read it three times. Yeah, <laughs> I, I read it once every year just to get my mindset rejigged and re, um, reset around finances. But I actually met um, Ahav at a, a conference that he put on, which was, um, you know, it was like a Tony Robbins sort of experience. There was thousands of people there. And um, and he said something really pointy. And he said, the moment that I engage a financial advisor or a financial planner, if they won't show me their bank account on that day, I don't even consider them. And if they don't have 10 times the amount of money that I've got in mind, I don't consider them. And I yeah. think that that's like, yeah, that's huge. You know, it's huge. Why yeah. would you employ a financial advisor or planner if they're broke? Yep. Yeah. Uh, and so, that's the case with most of them. You yeah. know? So let's get into the specifics now. So we've told you the backstory as to why we do this. Now, the best way that we found, uh, okay, I won't speak for Yanni, I'll speak for myself. The best way that I found to be able to bring this daily reading into your life is to do it in the morning as part of the morning ritual. That, that was the turning point for me. It was when I made a decision to create this morning ritual. So the second part to your 30-day UMS um, uh, ritual challenge is to add in either 10 pages of reading or 10 minutes of an audiobook. Now, for me, 10 pages of reading when I was starting this whole process, it, it sometimes took me 20 minutes. It was, it was quite a while. It, it took me, a, a, like, because I was a slow reader and I had to go back over it and over it again. Um, but now I can do it much quicker or I listen to an audiobook on, like, 1.5 times speed or something like that and get quite a bit done. So what we want you to add to your morning routine now is... What we've already got, and for those of you that haven't jumped on this yet, jump on now and you, you'll just start your 30 days from now. 
Um, the first thing we've got is uh, 10 minutes of meditation, a guided meditation from the Waking Up app. This yep. is before you've had your coffee. Um, first before thing in the morning. First thing in the morning. You're still in your pajamas. You know, you can have a, some water. You can brush your teeth. You can splash water on your face, go to the toilet. But that's pretty I, much I it. I actually have a cold shower before I do my meditation because I really want to be well and truly awake. Yep. When I do it. Yep. I actually do mine when I get to the gym. But what that means is that I get up. Li- this is literally my morning. I get up, creep out because I've got a family, um, go to the toilet, get dressed, walk out the door. That's it. And then when I get to the gym, I put my stuff down, sit down and do my meditation. Because and what again, time do you get, get up just to, for everyone listening? 4.30 in the morning. Yep. Um, and I don't have to teach my first class until six. That's when we've got the gym operating. Now that we don't have the gym operating and the only commitment I've got is to do a session at 7am, I still get up at five and get to the gym at about 5.30. Yep. And I do that because I this morning routine is so much more valuable to me than sleeping in until 6am. And I could so easily do that. I could so easily sleep until six and still get here at 6.30, but I value this more. So anyway, so you've done your morning meditation. You're going to finish the meditation, come out of it, and you're going to pick up this book or put in your headphones and listen to 10 minutes of the audio book or read 10 pages. Why this book? Because it's everything about what we've just spoken about. It is extreme ownership. It is taking ownership for your situation and learning how to master your life. So get that book. Now, guys, I'm going to call a lot of you out on some bullshit now. Um, A lot of people that I've suggested to read this book in the past, and I know there'll be a um, a few amongst you now, will have a story play out in your head that you're not interested in reading that book because it's written by two US Navy SEALs. And for whatever reason, you've got a dogma around the military or around the US Navy SEALs or the US military, whatever it may be. I'm calling you out on your bullshit it's a fucking story and it's bullshit because you're getting shown an opportunity to level up here and the only thing that will prevent you from taking action on that is your ego and your dogmas and if you are allowing your ego and your dogmas to control your behaviors then you've already lost You've already lost the battle to becoming excellent and and to leveling up. I'm sorry, but that's something that we were taught at a, and it's a hard lesson to learn. I'm not going to say it was easy for us to take as well. We've got the egos, egos the size of a freaking freight train. uh, And um, it's tough when your ego gets slapped about a little bit, you know, but I'm telling you right now, irrespective of what your personal opinions are on the military and, and, and things like that. This and the messages in this book are phenomenal and will help you in everything you do in life. Mm. And I'm, I, I actually really hate the military and uh, America's involvement around the world. And, you know, honest, honest to God, I love you to all of our American listeners. I've, I've got nothing against Americans at all. Love Americans, love everybody. But I do have issues with war, and uh, so I'm just letting you know that I've got my own stories around this, and they came up for me when I was recommended to listen to this book, but I put it aside, and I served in the army. And I didn't do it because I'm a pro-war person at all. I'm a, I'm a big pacifist. I did martial arts for 13 years, and I've never punched anybody ever. 
Um, I just don't believe in it. It's not a solution for me. So if I can do it, you can do it. Yeah, absolutely. Anyway, absolutely. Let, let's let's move on, yeah, because we've got a lot of other good stuff yep. to talk about. Yep. So this is uh, so this is what we want you to get get on it, guys. D- it's not. This is not optional. This is not optional. This is an absolutely essential part of growth of personal development is to learn from other people, and the easiest and most cost effective way of doing that is through a, a daily literary commitment. 10 pages a day it will eventually only take you yeah, under if, half an if, hour if you do you that know? It, it'll take you most people less than that if you do that you're going to read this entire book in less than a month yeah that's right. less than 300 pages in there i just had a look at 286 was right yeah. at the end so listen i want to say this i'm going to say this right now because i know that a lot of you are watching this right now and going oh yeah that'd be nice and you're not doing anything about it there's two kinds of people in this group there's people that are going to do exactly that and you're going to come out of this self-isolation phase and you, you won't be exactly where you are. You'll probably be worse off than where you are now. Because if you, you haven't, done, if you be haven't done anything to level yourself up during this time, if all you've done is watch things like this and kind of smile and say, oh, yeah, that'd be nice, then by the time you get out of this, you, it's not going to be that easy to integrate back into the world if you're just sitting where you are. Then there's going to be the other kinds of pe- people who are no, doing sorry, our Sorry, I, I have to cut you off there. Not just hard to integrate into the world that it was before. It's going to be more competitive than ever. There's going to be more unemployment than any of us have ever seen in our lifetime. Mm-hmm. It's going to be so competitive. Businesses and, and talent pools are going to be cheaper. So businesses are going to have a larger selection of talent at a cheaper rate because of the rate of unemployment. So, you know, to, to think that you're going to just plug back into your daily life before you're delusional. And even if you've still got your job, like we've, we've got members that have, that had their job that said, we're going to support you right through this. And a week later, they call us up and say, I just lost my job. Yeah. Or they've had to take a big pay cut. cut. Like this is, this is, this is rapidly changing. So whether you're employed or unemployed, you need to be the best candidate for what you do. So be this, be in that second category be the person that says i'm going to do this i have access to these two guys that have gone through this you know decade of self-development and are giving away all these secrets for free things that we paid literally hundreds of thousands of dollars to learn you know we're giving it to you do it act on it do it this is only the second part of of this 30-day challenge and we're going to build on this every week so this is part two okay yeah all right let's move on to some uh, q and a i think josh has asked a question there joshua is Is that that josh Jerome. Oh, no. Jer- uh, so I can't read it from here. Oh, Jerome Clish. Okay, what's he asked? Cliche, what's done he the first one, have a long way to go. I uh, I think he's just, um, uh, referring to... Oh, he might be referring to the meditation. Or the workout. Yeah, yeah. Let Maybe us know, man. Workout. Let us know, yeah. brother. Sorry we didn't get to your question earlier. We were just quite passionate about what we were talking about before. Let us know what you're talking about there, bro, so we can um, answer that question a bit better or respond better. So we've got three really good questions here from our UMS online coaching group. For those of you that are a part of this group um, that haven't been here for long, the UMS online coaching group is for those members that are subscribed to our Unify Movement System online coaching program it's the program where they get access to everything that we do but on top of that they get the strength and flexibility essentials uh, guide which is really how to put all of this stuff together uh, and we answer their questions always on this show whenever people ask a question so here we go we got Andrew Knoll who has asked hey 
So I have been doing rope climbs recently and developed golfer's elbow. If you don't know what that is, it's tendinopathy on the inside of your uh, forearm here, usually felt around there and down near the elbow. Uh, really, really bad when you grip and try and pull things towards you like this. Uh, I watched the golfer's elbow rehab videos and have been doing the exercises. My question is, once I get back to 100%, are there any exercises you recommend to better prepare my tendons for rope climbs? I... I mean this with all sincerity. I believe that I'm an expert on this. Short of being a physiotherapist, I believe that I know about as much as a trainer could know about this because I've dealt with it myself. So is Yanni, so is Richard. And we've got Phil, the legend, who, who sits with us every day that I've been able to pick his brain about how to deal with this. And, and, and my, he's extremely passionate yep. about... Um, about tendinopathy. Ten, yeah. Um, and and my, my answer it, to this... Is it tendinopathy yeah, yeah, yeah. he keeps pulling us up yeah. for tendonitis yeah. um so the um oh phil i hope you're watching my answer my answer for this is very different than it would have been 12 months ago so to say are there any exercises you recommend to better prepare my tendons for rope climbs if you asked me 12 months ago i would have told you a whole bunch of things now i would say it's a much simpler solution that doesn't it that isn't so much about this exercise or that exercise it all comes from this concept that when you develop strength there's three th real big adaptations that happens the first is that the nervous system becomes uh, stronger so your body can recruit motor units bigger motor units that require uh, that um, actuate more muscle fibers that's the first thing that goes on the second things that, that happens is that the muscles themselves hypertrophy and become stronger and thicker the last thing that happens is that the tendons and the connective tissue um, become stronger. Now, the, the first stage happens after about 30 days. The second stage happens after about 90 days. And the third stage, the tendons, happens after about two years. Now, this obviously continues for, you know, however many decades you're, tr you're training. But if you think about that, what happens is if you try to do pull-ups and you can barely do one, then let's say if you train really, really well and you're doing a great program like the Muscle Up Masterclass, that after 90 days you can now do five or six pull-ups. The changes that have happened in that 90 days have only occurred in your nervous system and the actual muscle fibers. The tendons haven't gone through any growth. So the tendons are still really small and they're, and they're now getting hammered by a load that they can't do. So the answer is less about which exercises should I be doing and more about load management. Well, load management, but I think I, I love this analogy that I've got for you. Your muscles and your nervous system can do six pull-ups in the example I gave. Your tendons can only handle one. So the idea is that you need to be training in a way that is right for the tendons, not what's right for the muscles and the nervous system, which means you're going to be doing exercises or sets and rep ranges that are going to feel like you could have done five times as much. And you need to do that for a long time. You yeah. need to do that for about 12 to 24 months. And I've successfully gone through this process and it was the biggest ego hit um, because I was well on my way to doing a one-arm pull-up and I had to completely stop all of that. But my body is in such a good place now because I went through that. This is the biggest thing about physical training, guys. Load management. We talk, we bang this drum on a daily basis down here at Unity Gym. And a lot of times people come in with an ego that's set for a certain type of feeling and we don't deliver it and they don't like what we do because we're trying to teach them that their body although they may feel like they can do a certain movement for a certain amount of reps at a certain intensity or weight the the deeper structures on a superficial level that they, they seem capable but on the deep level they're absolutely incapable and um it's just, it's the reason for most injuries you know and it's it's a re it's a real problem. It's a, it's a problem that people aren't addressing, and uh, it's something that we are 
uh, very proud that we do push and, and address here at Unity Gym. And, you know, it's never easy to be told that you can't or shouldn't do something, especially when you think you can or believe that you can. Uh, and it's not that we're, we're discouraging people from trying, but we just want to educate people that training is not just about doing one thing. It's not just about doing that movement, unlocking the next progression. It's about managing the process. It's about the process. Yeah. And the process requires load management at a much higher level than most people are giving it credit for. And if you're smart, what the process is continually about is identifying your weak link yep. and then strengthening the weak link. Yep. So what you've done, Andrew, is you've identified that the tendons in your forearm are the weak link in your gripping and your pulling capability. Not the bicep, not the lat, yep. not the deltoid. It's the tendons in the forearm that are the weak link, which means you train a load that is good for those tendons, which is far less than the bicep deltoids yeah. and lats and, you know, rhomboids and traps yeah. can handle. Yeah? Saying all that, saying all that, we found to, um, that you get really good results, um, including some supination and pronation. Well, I was going to go a bit your... deeper than that. What, what, <laughs> what we've found, there are a couple of exercises that will help. For golfer's elbow, what usually works is forearm flexion like this. So wrist, sorry, wrist flexion like this. And you always do agonist and antagonist, which means it doesn't matter if you're trying to fix that problem, you do flexion and then you also do extension. Yep. And then for tennis elbow, what helps is the training supination. So the supinator muscles are what really help because tennis elbow is actually more to do with the muscles that control the elbow whereas golfer's elbow is more to do with the muscles that control the wrist. So uh, pronation and supination, guess what? It's all in the foundations program. Yeah, They're all right. there. There's nothing that you don't already know. It's in phase one, two, and three of the foundations program. We also have radial and ulnar deviation just so that we train all of the different movements yeah. of the And don't and be wrist. disheartened, my friend. Um, it's so common that people blow out the, the medial and, and lateral epicondyle um, so tendons, common. which is where that tennis elbow and golfer's elbow orig generally originates from. So common that we put it as a staple in our foundations program as part of the preparation. Um, uh, and, and unfortunately, we don't force it upon people to do the foundations program anymore. But that's kind of changing where we're rebuilding our online structure so that as you come in, you're going to fill out a questionnaire, a very brief little uh, questionnaire about your physical current physical capability. And then it's going to point you in the right direction of where to start, yep. which we're quite excited about. Um, it's part of the process. I was pointing at, the, I've got a huge whiteboard on the wall here that we've mapped out this um, this client experience map. Anyway. So Andrew, um, that's a really good explanation there of how to deal with what you're going through. If you've got any more questions, let us know. Craig Jenkins has asked, hey, Rad and Yanni, I've been busy prepping at home for the family and also never been around for the lives, but have been doing the at-home workouts. Awesome to hear. I use the warm-up and strength slash flexibility section at the beginning, then do my strength testing daily exercises. I think what you're meaning there is that the exercises that your strength testing uh, has shown you need to do. Then later in the day, I'll do the cardio section. So it's been really good. So thanks for the daily workouts. It's been awesome. Now I'm up on site. Uh, they're great too. Uh, the, they shut the gym up here, which was uh, pretty gutting as I was just about to get into the next progressions mesocycle. But I do have gym gear at home in the shed. What do you recommend I do between home and the site? So I'm guessing that you work away from home. That's, that's, I think that's what you're saying here, Craig. Can I do the progressions program at home and then the at-home workouts on site, or will that be too chopping and changing? I still want to keep moving forward with the progression program, pushing weight and doing uh, scap back work, uh, which I can uh, do whilst I'm home. 
you absolutely can do that. What you've got to understand is there are so many different ways to write a periodized program. And there's ways to write a periodized program where people do completely different things from week to week. There's also ways to write a periodized program where people do completely th different things from day to day. As in, what are you laughing at? Uh, Richie's just playing around with some new lower thirds that our, gra our um, videographers have oh, created cool. for him. You figured it out, mate? Yeah, I put Phil's name up though. <laughs> oh, really? Oh, Phil, he got a shout out. He wasn't even on the show. There so, you go. He's so, here in spirit. <laughs> so you've got to understand, um, Craig, that you're, you know, we've been dealt these cards. We're in this situation where there's lockdowns and gyms are closed and everything. And you absolutely just have to do the best that you can do. So if that means that when you're home, you get to do the full proper UMS workout. And then when you're away, you do the, these at-home workouts that we're doing. Absolutely. That's a great way to do it. You'll, yeah. get, you'll get great results um, doing it. That It's all about consistency. It's all about load management. Uh, and what I mean by that is in your case is you may find that you need to do unplanned deloads. This is really important for anyone to hear. So if you've, if you've tuned out, listen to what I'm about to say now. We have, we have planned deload weeks. And the planned deload is if everything goes well. Sometimes you'll start a week and you'll realize that your body is sore and you are weaker than you were the week before. Like you, you, you normally do five sets of six to eight pull-ups, but now this week you, you did your first set and you could barely do four or five. You are now in a state of overtraining and you need to do an unplanned deload week. Otherwise, you can hurt yourself. And also, you're, you, you've stopped making gains. The gains, the super compensation effect actually happens when you deload anyway. So you're in a state of overtraining. It, the body's saying, okay, I need a deload week now, an unplanned deload week. And you might find that that happens doing what you're doing uh, a little bit more than you expected. I found that and I had to do that towards the end of last week. Towards the end of last week, I had my plan of what I was going to do and I was like, wow, my body's really sore and I had to have an unplanned deload second half of the week. So I hope that helps. Yep. Yeah. Uh, and our last question today is from Adam Meliani. He's saying, just finished Thursday's at-home workout and did the 18-minute routine. Well, it took me 40 minutes, not the 18 minutes but was obsessed of how good the stretches were. Never done anything like that before. I'm guessing that you must have just bought the program, brother. So that's awesome. I have just been realizing lately how severely poor my overhead mobility is, and I think rotator cuffs too. Like, it's awful. I think it's genetics, to be honest. I remember I answered this question for you. Don't blame genetics. Don't go down that path. And you, you already responded to that, so I know that you're taking some extreme ownership for your situation. I thought my back squat was poor uh, by some thing having to do with my legs, but it's definitely my mobility in the upper body. Should I implement exercises from the overhead mobility YouTube video into my squatting routine? And also, is it safe to do a stretching routine not warmed up because I want to start doing it every morning when I wake up? Yes, you can absolutely do the 18-minute stretching routine when you're stone cold. It's, we used to do it as the warm-up. That was, we started immediately with that, so you can do that. The only thing I'd recommend is just do 60 seconds of horizontal running or, you know, 60, 60 seconds to two minutes where you're really like how like that that you'll get a better result from that yep uh and then the other thing is um yeah man if you if you've identified a lot of people um it's a that's another piece of humble pie that a lot of people find when they start with us is realizing how bad their overhead mobility is yeah absolutely yeah. and look um to give you just a little bit of that i actually have what is referred to by physiotherapists as a hook to chromium which essentially um, says that I should be more uh, rounded than the average person in the shoulders uh, with a limited 
overhead mobility, but I've worked extremely hard to improve my flexibility and uh, I have zero problems now. Uh, I learned the hard way. I beat up my shoulders for many years trying to be a bodybuilder and then almost an Olympic weightlifter and all sorts of things like that. But, um, you know, I only found out much later on after getting an MRI after an injury to my shoulder that I had this hooked acromium genetic disposition that really um, uh, a, la a layman uh, doctor or physio would have said, oh, you shouldn't be doing overhead stuff, you know, but what a crock of shit. Um, you know, it's just, you just got to work around your own physical limitations. That's why I love strength training so much. It's a process of self-discovery and adaptation. You know, you adapt, you force your body to adapt and you also sometimes have to adapt movements to your body. And identifying your weak links yeah. and then working on them. Beat that's that drum. Weak links, weak links. <laughs> all right, that's all we got time for today, everyone. We're going to be uh, hitting you up again tomorrow with our Wednesday workout at 7 a.m. Sydney time. We are now in standard time not daylight savings so for the rest of you in the world it's probably an hour earlier than you've been used to uh, and then our live show again at 8.30 tomorrow. So. Yeah, that's right. Guys, um, jump in and comment uh, where you're watching from. We like to know that we're actually talking to humans and not a camera. Uh, so if you do catch the stream live or if you <coughs> just watch the replay, please comment and say yes or uh, who it is and where you are from. Uh, and, that stream uh, is looking good now, yeah, isn't it? Yeah, how good's the stream looking? Yeah. How good's Richie's little lower thirds and all that stuff that are coming in? They look nice. I'm liking it. I'm liking where this is going we're going to continue leveling up all right guys thanks everyone have a great day see you soon health is about performance not just body image you better be willing to accept what you're going to have to do to get there we'll start focusing on movement goals strength goals flexibility goals when you nail that skill it's there forever the body image goal doesn't get you that far. the consistency and frequency that's going to get you there it's not the intensity there's no shortcuts to mastery and movement. Destination doesn't change overnight, but your direction will. It's the gym is not the place to beat up the body that you hate. It's the place to build the body that you love. We are the gym that teaches people how to move instead of just exercise because we believe that health is about performance, not just body image.